7 to 8 p.m. Sport on with Tabiso Musia. Thank you and good evening and thank you for joining us on the show. Uh, I am not alone as usual. The whole team is here. Yeah, I can see them. Leolam Kali Pikatla producing and Babalam Duma is our technical producer tonight. We are going to check up on Nakadroska's condition shortly. The former Springbok hooker who was shot three times during an attempted robbery last week. You might remember that we did speak to the police last week just to get an update on the case. So tonight we will get an update from Nakadroska's family just to find out how the big man uh, is doing. But the big talking point for us has to be AFCON 2019. If you missed the news, CAF has stripped Cameroon of the hosting right for the tournament due to delays and security concerns. The Continental Football Body has now asked Safa to come to their rescue by hosting the tournament in South Africa. I know that Morocco has also been asked, but the final decision as far as South Africa is concerned uh, rests with the government as the tournament is only six months away. It takes place in June next year. So we'll try and get a better understanding of this developing story because there seems to be an appetite to host yet another major tournament from what we've had from our authorities. We had a bit of the sports minister speak this past weekend. We had SAFA President Dr. Jenny, Dr. Denny Jordan. Nobody is saying no. Everybody seems keen to host this tournament. So uh, also do give us your thoughts on this one. Firstly, we'll go all the way to Cameroon uh, to speak to a journalist there who works for the Cameroon National Radio and TV just to find out what is the feeling on the ground because uh, we are told that government is protesting CAF's decision to withdraw the tournament from Cameroon saying that they believe that they will complete everything on time. We're also going to speak to Safa uh, to find out uh, if this last minute request is a possible and whether South Africa can pull it off in six months before the tournament starts. The Department of Sport will also give us their thoughts on this story because ultimately, as I said, it is the government who will have the final word. It's the government who must uh, put in the money uh, to make it possible for South Africa to host AFCON 2019. But where do you stand here? Do you think that we need to host another major tournament or do you think that the money can best be used for something else? Please feel free to call us on 891 We'll also take your SMSs on 40938 and on WhatsApp we'll take your voice notes on 061-4104-107 and it's hashtag SAFM spot on on social media. But firstly, let's uh, check up on uh, Nakadroska and find out how he's doing. Leading sport stories of the day on SAFM. So uh, we had a lot of messages of support from uh, people listening last week when we did that story of Naka Droska and I'm sure the family has also felt that support in your prayers and we are joined now on the line by Naka's brother Dennis just to get an update. Dennis, uh, good evening and thank you very much for joining us on SAFM. Good uh, evening, Tobiso. It's, it's good to speak to you guys. We just wanted to really check on Naka's condition after what happened last week. How is he holding up now, Dennis? Well, Tobiso... He's doing really, really well. You know, um, you know, he was declared stable and out of danger, and then scheduled to have a reconstructive surgery on his elbow and his arm, his right elbow and right arm, for only for Thursday. But because he's doing so well, they've moved it up, and they've he's actually went into theatre. They're doing the surgery at three o'clock. He's still, as we speaking, he's still in in, in surgery. You know, um, so they're busy trying to fix okay. all that's gone wrong there in the elbow. Wow, that's very good to hear. So, if everything goes well, is he expected home soon? Yeah, if everything goes well, probably he's expected to go and recover at home in three to four days from now. Well, that's good to hear, Dennis. How is the family coping after this horrible experience? You know, to be so. Uh, the worst thing is, you know, what we all experience, uh, the kids. Uh, and Nadia and us um, and myself and you know I was speaking to Osirant earlier this morning and you know they all struggle in a different way especially the kids but uh, we, we've got counselling set up for tomorrow for the children and, and for Nadia and myself and, and I know I think you know um, you know I think Osirant will also be going for counselling and I think with Naka being under sedatives and, and in hospital I think his mental recovery will, will take a while. Mm. And and are you able to judge? I mean, how is his spirit, uh, Anaka? Is he able to communicate? He is, yeah, definitely. You know, um, he's in isolation, firstly, because um, they're worried about infection and, and then bacterial infection. 
he's in isolation and, and only his wife Mazan is allowed to be in contact with him and you know uh, you know um I've been visiting the hospital every day but I'm not allowed to go in because of the bacteria and, and infection and you know I just can't wait to to see my brother and 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 just just to thank him for 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 putting his life on the line for myself and my children and Nadia Mm. And um, yeah, so you know, it's all emotional for the family. Uh, everyone, my mum, the old lady in all those homes, she did not take it well, you know. So yeah, everybody, my sister in Bethlehem, she rushed through, was on drove through that Thursday night from Bloemfontein to be with her husband. Um, so yeah, we we struggling, but like you said, <clears throat> all the messages, all the prayers, all the support we we, we get from. From the South African public, it was just amazing. Mm. And Dennis, we also heard that he actually was trying to protect the family when when he got hit. I mean, he tried to to Definitely. protect everybody else. Is that correct? That is correct. You know, we we were having a bry. Um, you know, he just got from from the airport. He was dropping off his boys uh, at our Tambo to to fly to Johannesburg. And we were basically just sitting down after the bride to have dinner. You know, I was just, I was just dishing up, bringing in the meat from inside. Nadia was just going to lock the other door. And the next moment, there were four robbers, armed robbers with balaclavas and pepper spray and all this. And he was sitting right up against the, um, the glass um, sliding doors with, with his back to them. And, uh, you know, they were also panicky, waving guns around and then and, and spraying up spray and shouting. And, uh, you know, I got up, I, I just stood over Nadia trying to protect her. And, and then the next moment, he just, he, he, he just dived them all out of the house, away from us, taking them outside over the, over the glass tables that's on my veranda, on my stoop. And, um, you know, there was a struggle there. And the next moment we just heard the shots. Uh, and, and, and luckily my boy of 13 vessel, you know, he was in the room. The children were in the room watching a movie. But they heard the shots and the screams and the gunshots. And the little one, little Cora, she's seven years old. She wanted to, to, to rush to us. He luckily caught her, kept her behind in the room, um, and he managed to, to, to press the panic button. And I think, uh, you know, with the panic button going off, the, the sirens going off, they fled. And he came inside, so he ran inside with, and we went um, behind the slam lock doors. Uh, and, um, yeah, and that was the first time we actually realized, and he actually realized that, that he has been hit. You know, and, and it's just very traumatic. You know, mm. now you've got to go outside again. You don't know if they're still there hiding in the bushes, finishing the job. And now you've got to go outside and take him to hospital. Very unfortunate, uh, this uh, tennis. We spoke to the police last week. They said that they've got two people in for questioning. Has there been any update from, from the police to the family? Yeah, you know, not from, from the police to the family um the worst is um i haven't had one word from from the officer in charge in connection with what was what's happening i don't even have a case number um you know so uh, you know that's just reading in 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 the media and today i had a meeting with harinel from afri forum and uh uh, the two suspects have been released uh, because there's not enough evidence against them and then finally, Dennis, um, is he expected to make a full recovery from these injuries? You mentioned the elbow. Yeah, the elbow and, and the other shot went through his stomach, went through his uh, intestines. And, um, you know, they had to, to, to remove part, part of his intestines. And uh, elbow will be a long recovery, probably some follow-up operations. You know, but at this stage, we're we just glad he's alive and he's pulling through. Well, and so are we, uh, Dennis. Please send our well wishes to the family and to Naka when you get a chance. Uh, there's been so we'll, many we'll messages do. of support. Thanks very much. And, and, and you know, um, we've got to fight the crime in this country. You know, yeah. everybody is suffering in this beautiful country with us. For all of us, you know, beautiful rainbow nation that we've got. And uh, I just think people from everywhere, every culture must, must come together and, 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 and we must save this country before, before it's too late. 
couldn't have said it better myself. Then yes, thank you very much for those words, and I think thanks, they, so and you guys have a lovely and and thank you to your listeners for you know for all the support, all the messages, all the well wishes. Uh, we as family, we really do appreciate. Thank you, Dennis, and once again, our well wishes to the family. Thanks, man. And we really hope that Naka makes a full speedy recovery here for rugby legend through and through. And you got to agree with Dennis that this crime is really, really out of place. I mean, if you hear some of the stories from the people that went to the music concert this past weekend and what happened after that, it is really, it's like anybody can do whatever they want in this country because nobody cares. It's just, just lawlessness all over the country. Totally unacceptable. Yeah, let's leave it there. We're going to talk about AFCON 2019 next, whether we are ready to host another major tournament. Should South Africa accept and should they put their hand up and say that we are ready to host AFCON 2019 after it was stripped from Cameroon? But firstly, we'll go to Cameroon and find out how uh, they've reacted uh, to Kev stripping them of the rights to host the 2019 Africa Cup of Nations. Why do politicians spend more on their personal security than on land reform and yet will come and speak in verbose terms in public about how they care about land reform and blah, blah, blah. So it's those internal contradictions that I'm asking South Africans to be very conscious of um, and to not be bamboozled by politicians who are scapegoating all the problems that we face uh, around the non-delivery of this topic or on this issue on somehow it being uh, a failure of the constitution. That's absolutely poppycock. Sitla Mabese is the head of strategic operations at the Institute of Race Relations. Monday to Thursday, 10 to midnight, The Headspace with Naye Lupondwana. Here, there, and everywhere. SAFM 107 FM in Kruenstadt. Hey, there is already so much reaction here to AFCON 2019. But here, let's hear what the sports minister Togozi Lekaza had to say this past weekend when it was revealed that CAF had asked South Africa and Morocco to uh, see if they can host uh, 2019. There are also reports that other countries have been asked to bid and a decision will be made at the end of the month and we'll get the full story from all the parties that we're going to speak to. But uh, this is what the sports minister Togozi Lekaza had to say. Because uh, we hosted uh, the successful 2010 FIFA World Cup and the legacy that that uh, left us in South Africa continues uh, to be what we pride ourselves with because the whole continent uh, agrees to say there's no other alternative which is South Africa. So we said uh, as we were interacting with uh, the leaders uh, who represent uh, South Africa there that uh, should they consider to offer us we are not bidding to offer us to stage that we can do it because we can stage any big event in south africa we are capable we have infrastructure we have all the facilities and everything that is required to do it we are open to consider that so we're interested very much yes because we want to make sure that south africa brings and continues to be the destination of choice. But critical to it is that, as I'm saying, we are not bidding. It means those resources that they were to plant or to contribute, they must contribute they now to South Africa to create the jobs that we want. And we are able, therefore, to also uh, develop and maintain our infrastructure moving forward and give our young people many more opportunities in sport. Okay, so that's the sports minister, Minister Togozile Klasa. Let's hear from SAFA President Denny Jordan. This, were, this was his initial reaction. A decision was taken, one, that uh, we should express our interests subject to, one, the development of a business case, uh, and two, we should then engage the government to see government's uh, approval and support for that initiative. You see, uh, the CAF executive said that the country that must host 2013 must offer a plug-and-play option because shortness of time. And therefore, uh, if you look around, uh, they can certainly just bring their computers and plug it in and start playing in South Africa. We have 10 World Cup stadiums. Those stadiums have got all the broadcast and media infrastructure. Uh, and that's why we could host the uh, Paraguay here, we could host Nigeria at FNB, we could host uh, Barcelona. And the Barcelona media requirements 
uh, are huge. That's the president, Dr. Denny Jordan, uh, are there giving his reaction on the uh, plea from KEF, basically for South Africa and Morocco to consider hosting AFCON 2019. Somebody has sent us a voice note on 061-4104-107. Hi, members. Zico Smith from Binoni. Uh, if KEF wants to come here, they must come just like the IPL did. They must just come here and they must rent everything. No government money, no taxpayers' money must be used in hosting another KEF. They must just come here and rent everything. Thank you. Okay, thank you, Zico Smith. Well, I don't think we'll be able to avoid that because there is a contribution that's needed uh, from uh, government. I remember the last time South Africa had to step in and they were talking about, I think it was $140 million, uh, the amount that they were talking about at the time that government had to step in and pump in. And I think at the time, CAF was only willing to contribute about $40 million of what was required. And I do think that it might actually be the same uh, this time around. Government will have to step in one way or another. And we're going to hear them from them shortly. We're going to speak to uh, the sports uh, ministry. We're also going to speak to Safa and uh, we are still hoping to go all the way to Cameroon. But first up, let's speak to Safa Acting CEO, Mr. Russell Paul, just to understand more about uh, this plea from Akef, basically, and he'll explain to us, uh, break, break it down into detail for us. Mr. Paul, good evening and thank you very much, sir, for joining us on SAFM. We appreciate it. Good evening and evening to the listeners as well. So please clarify for us, Mr. Paul, was Safa asked to step in or is Safa being asked to bid uh, with other countries? We're not, we're not quite sure what the process is. CAF obviously indicated that they are going to reopen the bidding process, but what process they're going to have, we don't know. It's not that Safa stood up there and said, yes, we will take this. Um, the, the word around the, the marketplace is that they were looking at CAF, uh, so, sorry, South Africa and uh, Morocco two countries that could readily step in to do that. And I think as a country we know, we have all the facilities, we have uh, roads, we have infrastructure, etc. that is able to accommodate the World Cup. So it's obviously why we become a natural choice for people to say that uh, we can host. Mm. Is there an appetite for Safa to host this tournament? I think we, we were saying uh, yesterday in, in, in our meeting when the members uh, indicated that if there's a business case to be made, that uh, SAPA should consider that and that the president should uh, discuss the same with government. But at the same time, there was a, 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 a comment and uh, a sentiment that, uh, you know, it, it should be in line also with what President Ramaphosa was doing and trying to gather uh, um, interest into the country and investment within the country and it presents another opportunity from a different angle uh, to attract more people back into South Africa. So, so then, what would what would be needed then? You said the infrastructure is here, the facilities are here. What else would be needed for for South Africa to be able to host it like a tournament like this in six months? Look, you've got to you've got to fly all the teams here. That's one of the, the, the things that you've got to and also understand that the tournament has been expanded from a sixteen team to a twenty four team. Mm. So, in the past, an Afcon would be hosted in four cities. It would now be required to be hosted in six cities. So, you would need six cities, six stadiums. Uh, coupled with that, you've got uh, 24 hotels. So it's a tough accommodation. It is flights for the teams uh, into South Africa. It is uh, food. It is local transportation that you would require. And then obviously the other infrastructure that goes with be able to provide broadcast, radio, uh, opening and closing ceremonies, those kind of elements, hospitality that you would have to provide at matches, security, medical support, uh, it's it's those basic elements that you require to host an event, uh, and they're just obviously upscaled when you go to tournament level. And then money-wise, who would foot the bill now? That's obviously a discussion that we have to go through with the government uh, and also CAF in, uh, on its own as well, because CAF uh, may have changed its model to present these events. Uh, in the past, all the commercial revenue would have gone to CAF. Uh, we may have to open up that discussion if they seriously want us to, to look at it. Uh, and ask them to adjust their model. Uh, alternatively, there may be people that are willing to come forward and, and put this money. SAPA as itself is not in a position to be able to uh, uh, do that. As you know, we, we're not in that position to be able to host an event. With uh, that nature, from a financial perspective, you're talking somewhere in the region of about $10 million. $10 million for the whole event? I'm just giving you a rough guesstimate. Yeah. You have to cost it out, but that's the guesstimate that it would be. And and from previous experience, how much would come from CAF? 
the, the money that you get from CAF is generally towards the end of the tournament, and, and it can vary. I can't even recall the, the numbers before because it's based on the commercial uh, rights that are sold. Mm. Uh, so the host federation would get a percentage. Uh, if I remember correctly, it would be around 20% of the commercial rights that you get. And then there's probably around 5 or 7% that is spread amongst all the other participating countries. Mm. And so I would assume then the next step, Mr. Paul, would be to meet with government now and see if there's interest from their side. Is that the plan? That's exactly the plan, sir. Have you been able to judge what government is thinking? Because the sports minister has, has said a few words. Yeah, well, I think that's what you need to gauge by what the sports minister said yesterday evening, that uh, government would have an appetite. Yeah. But I think, again, you know, government's appetite would be based on what the requirements are. So we can't speak for government. We uh, um, are obviously trying to get hold of those requirements from CAP. And once we have that, we're able to meet with government and then place it before them and get a, a, a more uh, um, informed decision from government. And with just six months before the tournament, would you be confident that if government does come to the party, we'd be able to pull it off? I think as South Africans, we know. We, we have the infrastructure, we have the wherewithal, uh, we have the experience of hosting major events. Uh, and it's not about being uh, um, a group of arrogant people around uh, the continent. We have hosted uh, major events. We know how these things work. And with the support of, of the rest of Africa, uh, I promise you, people could arrive here tomorrow and we'd be able to start playing matches uh, and accommodating them. It's all about finance. Mm. And the big question is, what would be the benefits for South Africa if we do go and host a tournament like this? Once again, there's employment opportunities without a doubt for, for local South Africans. Uh, that employment opportunity exists. And it's revenue into the country uh, that you will get because uh, you're getting foreign visitors. Uh, you know, you're expecting somewhere about fifteen to 20,000 people coming into a stadium. Uh, so infrastructure would be utilized, uh, local transport is utilized, flights are utilized. So there is a massive revenue benefits uh, and, and tourism benefits and economic benefits for the country that comes with it. And Mr. Paul, while we have you on the line, how did the Congress go this past weekend? Were there, uh, were there any resolutions passed? Congress went very well. I mean, the resolution is, is one of these things that uh, I just indicated to you now. Um, but by and large, Congress went off uh, very well. There were no uh, hitches. People accepted uh, our business was conducted, uh, and we had no challenges. Mm, but were there any resolutions passed? Uh, Taken? You seem to think that, they, that, they, that there was resolutions. It's an annual Congress, and uh, we had no uh, real issues around that. Mm. And, and the issue of sponsorship and how it needs to be handled in the future, did that come up? No, you might be referring to a special congress that we held the day before. Yes. Um, there were a number of resolutions that were deferred to a, uh, another congress where we felt that we needed to have uh, greater um, consultation with uh, various parties, and that included the, the National Soccer League and other stakeholders. And once we have concluded those um, consultation process, uh, what flows from that would go back to a Congress again, uh, maybe in March, uh, maybe in June next year. Mm. And some have viewed some of this as Safa taking back control of football. Is, is, is that how you view it also? Had Safa lost its grip? I don't think we can take control of something which we have uh, uh, already. There's nothing to take back. The control vests within Safa. It is the controlling body of football. It's the way it happens in the world. The Federation is the controlling body in world football. That's how FIFA recognizes it. That's how CAF recognizes it. There's nothing for us to take back. But what I'm saying, do you feel that you'd lost your grip? No, we don't believe that. Okay, Mr. Russell Paul, acting CEO at Safa, thank you very much uh, for uh, joining us. Uh, just giving us an update on the developing story, of course, that is AFCON 2019. We're still hoping to speak to the sports ministry, but let's also go to the voice notes. And uh, let's hear somebody has sent us a voice note on 061-4104-107. I can't believe my ears that we are going to be putting out 200 or 120 million when we haven't got health care, our hospitals are falling to pieces, the old age homes are in a terrible state of disrepair, the state ones, and the, the private ones are far too expensive, same as the medical aids. The orphanages are terribly neglected. We don't have our waters in danger. There's pollution in the vault.
Okay, so there's one view then about why uh, we can't, uh, we should not even think about hosting AFCON uh, 2019. Can I also see some of the SMSs? Uh, somebody says that the AFCON hosting sounds silly. It is not a great tournament anyway. There is no money to be made. I do not see the point. I will not be supporting this. And I think the 150 plus million can be spent. Uh, this is a joke to me. And then somebody, Jack in Alberton, says, um, so even if we don't host AFCON next year, there'll still be poverty. People are looking for a perfect world. It does not exist anywhere. This is the perfect time to bring AFCON here. Economic spin-offs of any major event are realized years down the line. So let the naysayers sit back and enjoy AFCON next year. I'm certainly for it. And then somebody else says, Africa Cup of Nations, no. These events only enrich the scammers and impoverish the average SA citizen. And that is a that is a no, a big no also. And uh, there's also there was also a comment here. Oh, Zico says, Safa just want a free pass for Bafana. Bafana, AFCON does not draw supporters to the stadium. And uh, Sesh Kalagala says, I don't think we need to host it because we cannot even market our national team. It is better to give it to a country that will appreciate it even more. And Ditejo says, what jobs are going to be created should SA host AFCON 2019? Stadium and roads already exist in fact it's our government which is going to take a huge hit as we did when we stepped in a few years ago and Diane says if a strong man like Naka and his family are targets we are helpless in the face of armed criminals yeah couldn't agree with you more there uh, Diane let's speak to the sports ministry now we've got Vuyo Maga a busy man has uh, been busy with Banyana Banyana this whole weekend and rightly so Vuyo good evening and thank you for joining us on SAFM Ah, we are great. Thank you. Vuyo, what's the stance from the ministry? Will South Africa agree to host if money is not a problem? Well, money is always a problem. Uh, You just have to weigh the issues here of your responsibility as a nation in terms of social cohesion of of our country as well as our continent. But also, obviously, understanding what it will mean to Africa as a continent. Uh, to fail to stage, uh, you know, this kind of a tournament. And then you then come back then to say what are then the pros and cons of staging this thing economically and financially for the country so that it does not have a detrimental effect. Those are the issues uh, that we obviously have to consider. At the moment, though, are you considering it? Well, uh, there's nothing formal on the table, uh, but it's a discussion that the minister has actually expressed that uh, we will welcome it. And obviously, then uh, the issue will be on the details. What exactly does it entail? What exactly do they want? Considering, obviously, uh, you know, what has happened to Cameroon. So it's not an issue that even we went there to beat. So even if when they come, they must have that particular understanding that we're not in any way bidding. But the reality of the matter is that if there's absolutely no country uh, in the continent uh, that can host this thing and we've got the capability and we've got the infrastructure, and I think South Africa has got that responsibility uh, to the people of Africa. And I'm saying, so imagine that you are supposed to have an AFCON. Uh, it did not happen because no country wants to host it. I don't think it will occur well for football in the continent. Okay. Safa says there's an appetite, but they don't have the money, and it's up to government to provide money. When they say it's up to government now, does it mean it's your responsibility as a sports ministry to go find the money? Well, that's what I'm saying, Tabiso. What will be important is to deal with the, with the details of it. What exactly does it entail? When you talk about money, how much are we talking about? And therefore, what then are the cost benefit for the country? Uh, obviously, understanding the economic situation or, uh, that we find ourselves, because we ought to be sensitive at all material times. But and then said, where exactly would be the economic benefits of, uh, you know, for our people? And also considering our social responsibility. And I think, therefore, Tabiso, as and when that formal documentation and we start to drill to detail, we'll be able to be in a better position uh, to say we've got, uh, we've got, we're going to be able to assist and host it. But at a glance, yes, we've got an interest to really obviously host it. So then I understand that you're going to, you, I would think that you'll set up a meeting with Safa or Safa must set up a meeting with you and then that's where you, that's where you, you take it from? Correct. Uh, the Safa, uh, obviously, uh, came through Safa, then we'll set up a meeting with us. 
and the figure said this is what it's happening. It's not our, even our decision to make as, uh, as a ministry. It's obviously that sometimes must go to the cabinet, and the cabinet mm-hmm. must then obviously look at it. As I've said, uh, it's, a, it's a really an issue of a combination of social uh, cohesion, the importance of our continent, but also counterbalance that with the realities of our economy and then to say where actually can it benefit. So you need to, those are the issues that I will, uh, I will think that uh, the cabinet will have to consider quite seriously. Does it have to make business sense or social cohesion sense? Yeah, that's, what, that's, that's basically my point. Uh, one, on the social cohesion, you'll know spot what it has done. I mean, like over the weekend now, the whole country was on the issues of Banyana Banyana. Raised a very pertinent issue of, uh, you know, uh, salary uh, differences between uh, their uh, few men female football as well as the male football. Those are the issues. So you get the nation talking. You get the nation, it becomes a conversation of the nation rather than a conversation of those who've got an interest in the particular sport. So that's what uh, sport generally does. It creates that hype. It creates, it even lifts the mood uh, of the country. And those are the issues, uh, obviously, in a country like ours where we still a country making that we still want to find ourselves uh, as one nation. So sport always plays that critical role. How does $10 million sound? Does it sound like a lot of money? I converted it into a rise and then let's talk. It depends by what it is. I think, as I'm saying, it's really not, uh, it's not my call. I mean, mm. uh, it's not even a call of the ministry. It's a call of the cabinet. So we have to, as I'm saying, we have to trace down to say what exactly that is there. And then the cabinet, I think, uh, it will take a decision that is best for our country. Okay, great stuff. Vuyo Maga from the uh, Sports Ministry. Thank you very much for giving us an update. Thank you very much for your Okay, so there is an appetite all round. All round there is an appetite, uh, but uh, it needs to go to cabinet and uh, the money needs to be uh, found. So let's see how this story develops over the next couple of days. But clearly nobody's saying no at the moment, except some of the people that are sending us voice notes and, and, and tweeting us. Let's hear what Kalala has to say. Kalala, good evening and thank you for calling us from Cape Town. Evening, brother. How are you? I'm fine, thanks. Where do you stand here, Kalala? No, I'm good. Me, I would love first to... Maybe South Africans don't know the situation in Cameroon because I think South Africans must take it as a privilege to say that in Africa, at least we can rescue, we can come up as a rescue when things don't go well. Instead of coming with the issue of no, we must not host it. Because I, I, I won't say I'm a prophet, but from June, I saw that Cameroon was not going to make it with the election, the trouble with the French-speaking, English-speaking region killing of people, people running, going to Nigeria. Look, how can you organize a, a soccer, such a big, big event in a country where there is trouble that way, like insecurity, there's mm. no even road and all that, you understand? People can't go there to die because they're killing their own people. So who in South Africa is going to travel? Let's say, so where, where are you going to buy a ticket, fly to go in the country where you know that citizens of that country are running to Nigeria? No. So South Africans must be humble enough, firstly, to say we are there, we are privileged, and then the, the African nation are looking at up on us when there is a situation, things don't go well, we are there to risk that. And anyway, for sending the money, when South Africa organizing that, they're not going to lose because people who travel, who come in here like a, to watch the camp, they will spend their money in South African hotels, they will eat South African food in the restaurant. So there is always money that we generate somewhere, somehow. Anyway, South Africa does lose money every day on corruption. Does lose money in a lot of situations. <laughs> why, why not taking this one to save Africa as well? Okay, loud and clear there. Uh, Kalala saying South Africa must step in here and be the bigger brother and assist those who are not able uh, to host. Let's go to Patrick in PE. Patrick, good evening. Uh, good evening, Tavizu. Um First of all, I think... I think let's be let's be let's be frank and be honest. I don't think South Africa is in any position to host any international um, sporting event, especially if the money has to be forked out by the government. Um, I think we we have had a, a tough year, 2018, mm. in many things, petrol, other things, you name it. I think the and another po- uh, uh, point is that we cannot always be seen as a as a as a, as a country that can always come in and save, have where we're not getting any anything. I mean, CAF versus FIFA is different. FIFA will give you money way ahead because they've got the sponsors and everything. Yes, you will do something, but there will be some money that you'll get that will be seen and be beneficial. I think at the present moment, 
Tabi. So we need to concentrate on rebuilding Bafana Bafana, not going through because we are hosting. We need to qualify for those events and move on. And I think for me, Morocco must take it. Even government, I'm even disappointed that the government are considering it, seeing that we have many challenges that are facing us. And what employment? I mean, it's only sort of employment to have four weeks and people are doing things and everything. And we we'll always make things as ah, tourism and everything. People come here often. So tourism, we always have a tourism. We always have a, tourism, a destination for tourism. So we cannot always put those things. Those things are not are not beneficial in terms of saying how much you will get. And those numbers never translate to any jobs that are sustainable. That would be that for 10 years and 15 years. Don't tell me about it's horrible for four weeks and then you call that employment. That's not employment. Okay. It's not sustainable. So you don't agree with the fact that we should even be thinking about hosting Afcon 2019. And he's put his points out there, uh, Patrick, in PE. People always come here uh, for tourism. There's no issues. And what employment are these uh, sustainable jobs or not that are going to be created? He says we've got enough problems in our country. Let's go to Mr. Mlambo, who's called us from Vanderbilt Park. Mr. Mlambo, good evening and thank you for calling us. Hello, good evening. How are you? I'm fine, thanks. And you, Mr. Mlambo, where do you stand oh, here? Oh, okay, thank you for thank you for taking my call. I say, okay, right. As South Africans, you know, let's just think or to say, okay, right. There is a problem in the north, and those people cannot host. I mean, the World Cup, and in South Africa, th- these people when they come, they will stay in the hotels. And when they stay in the hotels. South Africa, I mean, the organizing team, irregardless of our team not being a good team. But still, I mean, the people, the business community will have, I mean, this will boost. Even if everybody comes from Europe, they know when we go to Africa, the only country we can go to is South Africa. Because they know the World Cup was done right. They know the African nation, the okay, right, everybody, even in Africa, but now, the moment we said we are going to lose 200 and something millions, let's count how much these people are bringing. How much, I mean, I mean is he given by the, by, 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 by the CAF? Mm. And how much is the outstanding? In, and how much, I mean, the privilege of business, I mean, confidence. The, what matters most is business confidence at the moment. Because people need to invest in South Africa. So the moment when people know that South Africa can handle, imagine we have been having all the people have come into South Africa and benefiting. If you can check, all oh, that one, the Mugaba has got 18 degrees, but more than 10 degrees is from South Africa. Most of the people from, I mean, African countries who are educated, their education is in Africa here. The first, I mean, I mean, African, I mean, I mean, the first successful, I mean, uh, surgery, heart surgery was done in, in South Africa. So let's not take away these people to say we don't want to host, we are going to lose the confidence, business, people, they, we need to build the confidence, and I think not that's- to build, I mean, the match. I think that's what the PSL chairman, Dr. Evan Koza, also said from the clip that I had uh, this past weekend, talking about business confidence, talking about uh, the image of the country. And he also felt that it would be the right decision uh, for South Africa to host AFCON uh, 2019. And also, uh, Trevor says this country is in a deep economic recession. It's not about facilities, logistics or the ability to host sporting events that we have. The main consideration is economic. There isn't exactly money lying around. Around right now loud and clear there from trevor and uh, zikos is able says imagine what this money can do to uplift the sports infrastructure in uh, rural uh, places i think that's the 10 million dollars that you are talking about that was mentioned by the suffer acting ceo uh, mr uh, russell paul there and then somebody says there's no reason for us to host afcon we just we just want a free pass for Bafana Bafana to qualify uh, for the tournament. Well, they will qualify if it does come here um, as host nation. Obviously, the host has to be in the tournament. Let's go to John in Kempton Park. John, good evening and thanks for calling us. Hello, how are you? I'm fine, thanks. It, and you, it, John? You know, it's, it's, it's very surprising, really, and, 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 and really shocking. The majority of people of your callers who say South Africa must host are foreigners. And the reason they're saying that is that they, they, they think we can turn everything, we can solve their problem. We have enough problems here in our own country. 
We, we are battling with issues of unemployment, issues of education, many, many things that we have to do. I don't think, to be honest, I know the local people who are saying we can host are those who have personal uh, interests. But the majority of people who say South Africa must host are not South African. And really, they make us feel like we, we are useless, we are stupid. It's, it's, it's unfair for South Africa to always come in and cover for, for, for. And they know what they are going to, 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 to benefit. It's not benefiting South Africa. I really, really feel that really, this time we must think, this time we must put our own interests first, we must put our own people first, we must prioritize what we have to do. I don't think it's very important for us to, to we have got other issues to deal with. Issues of electricity. Many, many issues that we need to deal with. Even if issues of foreigners who are actually making uh, uh, our life difficult by creating a lot of unemployment. So do you think really government should, should not even be considering hosting this AFCON? They should not even be thinking about it? No, we shouldn't. We shouldn't. Actually, we must think, even if there's going to be employment, it's going to be a very short-term employment. They just want to see their brothers coming. Some of them won't even go back to Africa. They are going to stay here permanently. Let them host their own uh, uh, things there. Thank you very much. I'm sorry for being emotional. Let them play and do no, that's fine. That's fine. That's fine, John. We we do understand. It's, it seems like a, a, a bit of a very touchy subject, uh, this one. Let's go to KG in Bloom. KG, good evening. What's your take? Hi, KG. Can you hear me? Okay, we don't seem to have uh, KG in Bloemfontein. They do try and call us again. Uh, KG, we will try and uh, get to your call when we can. And then uh, somebody else says on SMS that AFCON will only benefit the corrupt the public, if it's awarded, must boycott, put pit toilets at the venues. Okay, no, this is not nice, though. No, no, I can't finish the rest of these SMSs. If you want to get your point, please get your point across. But let's not be nasty and let's, call, let's not call each other names. We'll take a break. Here's to all the boys who walk tall with pride for not lifting their hands on girls whenever they're pressured to. Here's to the men out there who know the meaning of stop and do just that when a girl refuses. Here's to that boy child who continues to thrive to be a better citizen against all societal odds. Here's to instilling positive values to the younger generation and leading by example. Power to Rise, brought to you by Love Life. This is an SABC Foundation supported initiative. We honor the women marches of 1956. My mother was a garment worker and she was a shop steward. There was a common goal and they had a common vision of wanting to be free, of wanting to be treated as human beings, and they worked as a collective. The children would be asked to play outside, playing as in Ukata Mapoisa, when Amapoisa Afik, then they sing spiritual songs. These stories are important for us to know who we are, where we come from. Share your stories with us on centenary at sisulu.co.za. This is an SABC Foundation-supported initiative. Hashtag SAFM Sport On. Okay, let's go all the way to... Let's find out exactly what happened, basically, with uh, Cameroon. But before that, I'll go to KG. KG in Bloom, are you back with us? Hi, KG. Okay, there is somebody on the line. Can you hear me? Okay, no, it's clearly not uh, working uh, at KG. But as I said, that we will uh, go over to Cameroon to find out exactly why is it that they could not host uh, AFCON 2019. And let's go to Nuhu Adams from the Ghana Sports Network. He covered the CAF Executive Committee over the weekend, which was in Ghana, actually. And uh, and he's going to tell us just basically what came out and what the people are feeling. Nuhu, good evening and thank you very much for joining us on SAFM. Oh, okay. No, we also don't seem to have uh, Nuhu Adams there to get reaction from uh, what came out of that CAF uh, Executive uh, Committee. We're going to try and get him back on the line because um, uh, we also heard that the government in Cameroon was actually going to write to CAF uh, rather, and they were going to voice their unhappiness with the decision to strip them of the rights uh, because they believe that they've got the facilities. They believe that they will be ready by next year at uh, June. So that's what we wanted to get an insight on what's happening there. And you must also 
also remember um, that this was actually a 16-team tournament when, when Cameroon were officially announced as host. It later changed to a 24-team uh, tournament then, which obviously made the work uh, that which made the work for them a little bit more and a little bit tougher. So that's what I wanted to find out if this is part of the reason maybe uh, that they um, were not able to host. And New Adams is ready now. New, good evening and thank you for joining us on SAFM here in South Africa. Good evening. Um, just ahead of that Kev Congress, was there an indication? Did you get a sense that Cameroon would would be stripped of the hosting rights? Um, thank you very much. Um, um, on the eve of the CAP Executive Committee meeting on Friday, um, we had so many rumors coming from United Arab Emirates that um, Cameroon are not going to host AFCON 2019. So we, we, we were very, very optimistic as to whether it's true or not. And um, true to um, the rumors that were flying around, um, CAF president confirmed at the press conference after the executive council meeting at Kempiski Hotel in Accra that Cameroon will not be hosting the AFCON 2019 because they, they've delayed in, in their preparations towards hosting the tournament. And the second um, reason is that insecurity is a problem in Cameroon, so they can't um, allow them to host 2019 Africa Cup of Nations. And what exactly is it about security that they're not happy about? Um, um, to be honest, there have been killings here and there in the northern part of Cameroon. I think it's a conflict between the English and uh, English-speaking um, citizens and French-speaking citizens. Thousands of people have, have lost their homes and other things. I remember um, a, a member of the United States Congress wrote to FIFA to consider taking the hosting rights from Cameroon um, just days before the, the CAF Executive Council meeting. I think CAF Executive um, Council considered that letter too. That's why they, 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 they arrived at taking the hosting rights from Cameroon. I think the, the security situation in Cameroon um, is very, very serious. And uh, I don't think um, if we allow Cameroon to host the 2019 African Cup of Nations, it will be very, very good for African football. I think uh, the best decision is by CAF taking away the hosting rights from them. But you can't blame Cameroon because Cameroon sent in a bid to host 16 nations um, in the AFCON, not 24. Yeah. So CAF expanding the number from 16 to 24 was always going to give Cameroon problems. And I think um, that's what we, we are seeing now. We, we are now hoping to see if South Africa, Morocco, or Jaya, one of them will step in to host the tournament for Africa next year. Okay, no, great stuff. Thank you very much for joining us and giving us just an update. That's somebody who was at the executive committee in Ghana over the weekend, breaking down what happened. Let's also speak to an independent economist, uh, Ndomiso Hadebo, who we've invited just to get a better understanding of whether we'll be able to host this thing or not if there was approval. Ndomiso, good evening. Thank you for joining us on SAFM. We appreciate your time. Good evening, my good friend. Thanks so much for having me. Okay, money has been has, has been the big issue here from everybody that says that we shouldn't be able, we shouldn't host this tournament. Can we afford this tournament as South Africa uh, because it will be spending outside the budget because it wasn't planned? Certainly, I think the, the 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 premise of this particular question is whether or not we have the fiscal space, as it were, mm-hmm. to be able to accommodate such an event. So when we look at the numbers from what recently Minister Tito Mboweni had um, reviewed in the medium-term budget policy statement, he cited that uh, the tw- in the 2018-2019 budget period, South Africa has a 1.3 trillion rand in terms of the expenditure ceiling. And from that specific budget, 8 billion rand is uh, reinfenced as a contingency reserves for the country. So in the event that there's a disaster in some or other community, requires additional infrastructure development or maintenance as a consequence of those storms, then that money is there for, 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 the, for those kind of things. In this particular instance, submissions would have to be made uh, uh, from the association side and to the department, and ultimately it will sit down with the National Treasury to see whether there is sufficient fiscal space, but also to see what in actual fact would hosting such a tournament bring to the South African economy. And primarily, one of the spin-offs from such a tournament would be from the tourism sector, 
of which we know that tourism is one of the uh, is one of the sectors in which um, easily creates additional labor demand. Um, and, and there's a lot of work that Tourism SA and Brandesi is already doing in that particular sector to stimulate local economic growth. Uh, but it would really come down to the numbers to say if we were to contribute towards to the to the hosting of this particular tournament, would be would we really be getting a bank for our buck? And I, that fundamentally that would be the question that we need to be answered. It will need to make business sense basically. Certainly, 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 because I mean, South Africa currently we find ourselves in a, in a, in a quite a tight economic environment. Um, repo rates just went up recently. Um, economic growth forecasts are quite constrained as well. Um, we are also compounded by a global political economy that uh, is not favourable to emerging markets such as South Africa. So to see South Africa grow out or have a new growth spurt in terms of uh, the economy, it will take uh, the medium term, which is anything between three to five years, to actually realise. Uh, some of the growth that we envisage as a consequence of some of the investments that uh, President Ramaphosa has been driving into the country. So hosting a, a an event of this, nature, of this nature would really come down to the numbers. Does it make commercial sense? Does it make business sense? Um, uh, besides some of the other cultural um, attributes that it might bring uh, for South Africa and in the African continent, but at the end of the day, can we really afford to host such a tournament? And what does it bring in terms of stimulating South Africa's local economic growth? And so those numbers would have to be taken into consideration and had to, and would have to be crunched down um, to the T. Um, another consideration would be to say, what is the level of contribution that CAF is making to the hosting of this tournament? Um, what uh, fiscal uh, space does SAFA have in this particular um, uh, instance and the Department of Sports and Recreation as well? Um, and ultimately, where can the National Treasury, if they are convinced or there are justifiable reasons for the hosting of this event, can they source some of the funds to be able to finance the hosting of this particular event? Okay, Ndumiso. Well, well, great stuff. Thank you very much for giving us uh, that insight here on SAFM. We really appreciate it. Thanks a lot, my brother. Thank you. There, loud and clear there from Ndumiso Hadebe. Mentioned all. Uh, I can't even keep up. My goodness, you can tell that I'm just a sports presenter, but I do understand what the man was saying. We've got a voice note that we need to play. Tabiso. This is Cavello from Pretoria. I don't agree with the fact that we have to host this thing. It, it can pass. It can go to Morocco. It can go to Nigeria. The thing of saying we have all the facilities here that you don't count. South Africa has got a lot of problems which we don't have money right now. Toll gates are here. Petrol is going up every day. So coming to host World Cup with $10 million, which we don't have, no, it can pass. Okay, it can pass. Well, what we do know is that it's definitely going to go to National Treasury because there is a will from SAFA, there is a will from the Sports Ministry, and as we heard from Undumi, so then they must decide now if this is viable and if it will make a business sense or not. That's it, though. Our time is up. Up next is The Viewpoint with Mr. Ashraf Gada. Tonight's big hitter is Mtunzim Twaba, Chairman of Productivity SA, Vice President of the International Organization of Employees. Thank you to Loyolom Kalipi, Baba Lomtuma, and Katleho Mudiba at the back there and uh, i'll end with this tweet somebody says we are in a recession and then vince says there's no question about it we can host this tournament but we have bigger things to focus on and we should be focusing on those there'll be more sport in the morning with zai khan on sunrise with steven akrotis up next is uh, news and then mr ashraf gada